What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Wire. It is Wednesday night. We hope you enjoyed the H2G podcast. Once again, we've got a few of us hanging around and a few of us taking a week off. That's okay. We do that around here, but I am joined by none other than Richie Phillips and the very happy, uh, very trophy-focused Sahi in the house. What's going on, fellas? What's that? What's that? It's a little dark at the top. (laughs) But that's because we are the light. (laughs) <laughs> the champions. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get into all that well here in a little bit. Richie, how are you doing? <laughs> doing good, brother. Just chilling. You know, that was a heck of a game. Looking forward to talking about it. Absolutely. Well, as customary, we're gonna split it up NBA a little bit, and then we'll go into talking about the NFL, the Super Bowl, and what's to come next. Um, so I must first I, I will always admit when I'm wrong. I've said this on the podcast before. I was wrong. We covered a story last week that broke and finished uh, and had its resolution back in late summer of 2020. (laughs) Bradley Beal has already signed an extension with the Wizards. Uh, However, this week, fellas, and I know this to have happened this week, he did um, kind of break the silence a little bit in the press conferences and we've seen players kind of nonchalantly dance around the bushes before but he richie uh i don't know if you did you see the video he looked pretty angry Um, yeah he was pretty annoyed he's basically saying i can't do everybody's job for them i can't you know and and this is paraphrasing but he said i don't expect you to do my job don't try to do my job uh but we need to get some people in here to do their job because i can't do do it all and so we did talk we did bring up some very good points even though we were off on the timeline a little bit we brought up some good points about how bradley beals arguably one of the better shooters in the league he 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 could be uh an outstanding player who's in the news every week and who's on the wire every week but he's being severely you know we talked about matt stafford being held back now bradley beal is being stunted uh richie what are your thoughts well, um, yeah, I wasn't here last week or I would have corrected the story. But what I will say is um, one of the things Bradley is very upset about is that basically so many guys leave, so many cats leave, right? Like Kevin Durant, et cetera. People leave. And Bradley decided to stay, right? And now he's getting like, lamp, like people are just like, why would you stay? All you care about is money. And so he's frustrated. He's like, wait a second, like I stay loyal to my team. And here's everyone's talking smack. So that's really what this all started with. And that's why he's really frustrated. He's like, why is this not like Dame Lillard is staying in Portland and everyone's praising Dame, but I'm staying in Washington. And because the team is bad, I don't care about winning. So he he doesn't like that narrative. He's very frustrated with his teammates, as you mentioned. And for obvious reasons, they're terrible. You know, I love Russell Westbrook, but um, he's one of those guys that when he was at his prime in athleticism, he was very dominant. And it's not that he's not dominant now. He can still have those moments. But um, when you rely solely on your uh, athleticism, which he's incredibly athletic, you know, it when that starts to fade a little bit, you're, you're starting to see what's happening. He's, he's losing his step. Like, sure, he can still score 30 points and he's, getting, he's averaging a triple-double and things of that nature. But it's easy for players of their talent, not myself, obviously, but players of their talent, if you shoot 30 times, you're probably going to score 30 points. I mean, Allen Iverson did it in the early 2000s, things of that nature. And honestly, even Allen Iverson is more efficient than Russell Westbrook. So outside of all of those the statistics and what I was just referring to, Bradley Beal has a right to be upset with his team because he is an incredible player. 
um, being held back. Uh, I disagree with the Matt Stafford comparison, but that's a whole other topic. Just because in the NBA, you get to influence the game significantly more than a football player. There are five of you when you're on the court, not 11. And, uh, uh, you know, Matt Stafford does have the ball, but Bradley Beal is the star and he gets the ball as well. He's like the quarterback in that sense. He really does get the ball and that's why he's leading the league in scoring. And consistently is an all-star, uh, although he did get snubbed last year. Um, he's an incredible player, but Bradley Beal is not enough to win you a championship. So when you're paying Bradley Beal championship type numbers, because that's the reality of the NBA, you got to pay somebody that number and Bradley Beal's getting it. And then you trade because your best option is to get rid of John Wall for Russell Westbrook, which turns out they lost that trade because John Wall looks better than Russell Westbrook. Um, you're in a bad spot. So I understand his frustration, but at the end of the day, he signed, he re-upped with the Wizards. He knew that organization and what they've stood for and what they've done, which is absolutely nothing. Um, they remind me of the Detroit Lions. I would say that's a very apt comparison. They're just poorly run, poorly organized. Um, the only time they even had any relevance in a long time was really with Gilbert Arenas. And they drafted John Wall and Gilbert kind of gave him the keys. And John had some great seasons, but and, and along with Bradley. And they were never able to get anywhere. They were always a seed and getting bounced out of the first round. So Bradley is going to be that type of player. He's a prolific scorer, great shooter. I think he shoots 42% from three. Fantastic player, but he's just not there. He is not that dominant athlete. He is not Tassah, he's Buccaneers. He is not Tom Brady. He is not a leader among men. He is not capable of leading that team. And what you're seeing is some frustration in that, you know, those athletes are all alpha dogs. They all want to be, they all feel they are, and they should, they're competitors by nature. But from my perspective, I don't think Bradley Beal has what it takes to carry a team. If Dame Lillard can't carry the team, who I think is better than Bradley Beal, there's just no way Bradley Beal's going to do it, regardless that he's in the East. It doesn't matter. Bradley Beal's in a weird spot. He's a shooting guard who's undersized. Um, and you know, it's just the reality. I love Steph Curry. I love these guys, but when you're six foot three, there's only so much you can do in the NBA. Your impact is not the same level as somebody who's six foot eight plus. And that's just the reality. He's, he's not gonna be able to impact the game as, some, as much as some other players are. Uh, he's got max load contract. He went to stay with his team. He tried to be loyal, but you reap what you sow. You should have, you know, you know your teammates are this way and to call them out, and, you know, to the media is kind of crazy. But Sahi, what do you think, man? Um, the whole Bradley Bill situation. Uh, I, I got uh, I got a couple things to say about it. The first thing I'm going to say is uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, my second point. My second point is this: uh, you're exactly right. Um, he's just in a uh, he's just in a bad spot, and uh, the unfortunate thing is. Somebody's got to pay him, you know. He's he, somebody's got to pay him that money. But there's there's he doesn't have a lot of options to go a lot of other places right now. Um, there's only one championship to go around in the whole league. So if you're not on a team with LeBron, Steph Curry, or Kevin Durant, then just get your money, man. Get your stats. Just get your money, man. Get your stats. That's all I got to say. Absolutely. Um, 
yeah, we, we can leave Bradley Peel alone now that we misquoted him on a, a timeline and and uh, chopped him up a little. He, he cut the poor man some slack. I, yeah, we'll, we'll cut him some slack. <laughs> just just hang tight, dude. I'm sure they'll yeah, figure yeah. something out down You're there. You're getting $40 million a year, I think. You're going to be all right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I think you'll money, be okay. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you mentioned a, a player that I also saw in the news, Richie. I saw Steph Curry. Um, he was talking about a lot of things in this press conference, but one of the things that he mentioned that I thought we could bring up here on The Wire was he feels that he's in the middle of his prime. Uh, he said it in, in a passing uh, conversation with an ESPN reporter, and they were talking about other things, and he just glanced over it. He says, confidently, I'm in the middle of my prime. M- my question for you guys is fact or fiction on that. Sahi, fact or fiction? Steph Curry, middle of his prime, end of his prime, where's he at? Well, when you talk about being in your prime, it, it brings me back to that time when Tom Brady went to the Buccaneers and won a Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, but- 43. <laughs> Three. 43. So, when is your prime, really? Um, uh, it's, it's just about winning. Are, are, are you winning, Seth Curry? Um, that's going to determine what your prime is. Maybe he's past his prime. Maybe the Golden State Warriors aren't going to ever be what they once were. Clay Thompson can't stay healthy. Um, you know what I'm saying? Draymond, I mean, he's a, he's a mascot at this point. Um, so I'm just playing. I'm a big fan of those guys. It's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Steph Curry, he's, he's a great shooter. He's one of the greatest shooters the NBA has ever seen. And as long and he, he's not a physical player, so I feel like he's a player that's going to play for a long time because as long as you're able to shoot, you're you, you're going to have a job in the, the NBA. Look at Vince Carter. He was a little bit more physical, um, but he's he managed to play a long time. Look at Kobe. He wasn't athletic later into his career. He he got the skills to shoot the basketball and do other things. Steph Curry being the greatest shooter the NBA has ever seen, he's going to be in his prime for a long time, I feel like, athletically and being able to command the money that he wants to to get. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Richie. I hope I tied that up pretty Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like I left a lot of loose ends out there. Well, you brought yeah. up you brought up a good connection to Tom Brady. Tom Brady's forty three, obviously still the GOAT winning Super Bowls, and he's in a contact sport. Um so does that mean, Richie, that, that Steph Curry should should be able to extend his prime far beyond that of a contact player or is basketball more of a mental game? Do you have more of a mental strain where you you only have a time frame where you can really like you were saying, being a leader of men being that shooter, being that guy Yeah, well let me answer that Um, by by the logic of physical contact he should play till he's 57 based on Tom Brady, no I'm just kidding Um, (laughs) basketball is different, it's grueling right? because don't get me wrong, it's much more physical to play the NFL but basketball is 82 games in a regular season, you know, you're talking the wear and tear of basketball is in terms of like on your knees it's not about like your injuries per se but your knees and your ankles and like like it's very hard, like so to see LeBron where, where he's at at the age of ripe age of 36 about to turn 37 that's why people you know people are making him so renowned and it's kind of funny 
because we met, and I will keep bringing him up because he deserves it. But you look at Tom Brady, who's 43, and doing what people don't think is possible at 43, he's changing that narrative. And so is LeBron James, quite frankly. Because let's just give you an example. When Michael Jordan was the age that LeBron James is at, he started to go pew really far when he went to the Wizards. LeBron James is playing arguably some of his best basketball ever. He's playing different, and that's what Steph will need to do. LeBron has been incredible in the sense of he's always changed his game as necessary. As he got, when he was really young, he had to learn you know, how to play in the NBA. And then he realized, I'm bigger than these guys. I'm faster than these guys. And he started dunking and dunking and dunking. He goes to Miami and he learns, okay, I don't need to focus on that. I'm going to work on my three-point shot, and I'm going to be the best defender in the league. And that year, he was. And for three years, he was a three-point shooter and playing defense. He went to the Cavs and he's like, you know what? I got Kyrie Irving. I'm not going to worry about shooting threes. I'm going to go back to dunking the ball. And he's always adapted his game. And this year in particular, he shot over 200% more three-pointers so far in the season than he's ever done in his career. So clearly he's shooting more threes now, now that he has Anthony Davis. Um, Steph Curry's going to have to do the same thing. And what I mean by that is we don't know his prime. So he made a good point on that. I believe in terms of the way he plays now, he's at the end of that prime. That doesn't mean he can't still be successful. And what I'm saying by that is he plays off the ball and he runs and does all the, they do these screens and they try to set him up so he can get that shot. What I want to see, and I, he's capable of it, and don't get me wrong, it'll be even easier for him than what he's currently doing. But I want to see him be that spot up shooter. He's never been the spot up shooter. He's the one who gets screens because he's six foot three. They have to play around him to get him that shot. He only takes three quarters of a second to fire the trigger though. So it's not like he's not capable of being a spot up shooter, but that's where he's gonna have to elevate his game in terms of as he gets older, because he will no longer be the one of the quickest players in the league. He will no longer be one of the fastest players in general, and he will no longer be able to command that type of offense. So what we're gonna have to see is, because Reggie Miller was not really able to sustain it. Reggie was very similar in the sense of he needed to play off screen and he didn't really hold the ball. He wasn't ball dominant, but he also wasn't a spot up shooter. Ray Allen is a prime example of what I could see Steph Curry becoming if he's willing to go like learn to change his style. And don't get me wrong, again, standing at a spot waiting for the shot. But that's gonna be a different point in his career. He is too prominent of a player to be able to be open like that. It's going to take time. He's good. His skills will have to, well, not his skills, his prowess in terms of like his fear on the team will have to go down for him to have those opportunities. Because right now, that's what gives him, even though he's not like a huge assist player, he draws so much attention as other teammates just get free open shots. So it's almost like an assist, you think about that. So over time, when he becomes less of that threat due to his like, you know, again, his athleticism starting to wear down like Russell Westbrook, et cetera, then we'll see how he adapts his game. But don't get me wrong, it's the easiest pivot in history. When you're the greatest shooter of all time and you're, 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 you're running less and shooting more, I'm pretty sure you're gonna be okay. So can Steph Curry have a long career? Absolutely. I think Sahi said a great point, Vince Carter. Vince Carter was an athletic machine, dunk champion. Honestly, probably my favorite dunker I've ever seen, personally, mm -hmm. just in my lifetime. And that man, believe it or not, averaged, I think, 39% from the three-point line. To, right in the middle of his career, when he joined the, the Nets, you know, him and Jason Kidd played together, he started shooting threes. And I'll tell you what, 
that guy was a sharpshooter because the beginning of his career was terrible. So the fact that his career is 39% towards the latter half, he's shooting 45. So that's where I could envision Steph Curry, Vince Carter, to the T, Ray Allen to the T. As he gets older, he'll have to be more spot up and less focal point, but he could easily get, you know, he could easily average 20 points for the rest of his career. Just how effective he is as a shooter and his incredible free throw percent. I think his career is 91% free throws, that the guy just doesn't miss anything. Like I'd pick him on my beer pong team, put it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, guys, I've got, I appreciate your takes. I've got some power rankings to go over. I'm going to just go over the top five and then we're going to go to commercial break. Um, obviously, number one, actually, not necessarily obviously because the Lakers almost got swept by the Pistons. Uh, they blew like a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter, right? Uh, but they did. They came back. Now they're 18 and six. They're the top of the, the list. Um, right behind them, 19 and five, the Utah Jazz. Uh, 76ers not far behind 17 and 7 the Clippers 17 and 8 and then the Bucks are 15 and 8 at number 5 those are the power rankings I asked the question last week This, I'm just going to ask it again who needs to knock off the Los Angeles Lakers the most needs. who needs that win who needs it okay I'll go first needs emphasis on needs now, will it change history? No, but needs would be the Clippers. It doesn't matter, it will always be Lake Show, but the bottom line is they were assembled to beat the Lakers. That's all everyone talked about last year was Clippers, Lakers, and that the Clippers did look like the deeper team and the better team, but then they choked against the Nuggets and we never got to see that. So who needs to beat the Lakers? It's the redheaded stepchild that's in the basement, the LA Clippers. Sahi, you said Clippers last week? Yep, I'm pretty sure. Is that what you're sticking with? Yeah, that's the obvious answer. I'm with it. Yeah. (laughs) Good man. That choke job in Denver. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, you heard it here. (laughs) Needs to win the most, the Clippers over the Lakers. You're watching The Wire. Don't go anywhere after the commercial break. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl Bowl. and what a blowout that ended up being. Um, And then we'll talk about the future of the NFL as we bring The Wire to a close. You are watching The Wire. We'll be right back. Yeah, I think that uh, it's pretty interesting. They're, They're as far down the list as they are. Who? The clip? Clippers. Um. Hey there, it's Justo from the H2G Podcast. Hello there. Are you ready for season four? Yeah. I love the way it sounds. <clears throat> Gotta get my meatwad voice ready. <clears throat> this season will be bigger and better than ever. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's good to see you. Catch the H2G Podcast season four, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Facebook and YouTube. Oh, the best part of my week. And don't miss The Wire every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's been a long time coming. We'll see y'all next week. Welcome. 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 To the H2G. To the H2G. To the H2G. Podcast. 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 We'll see you there. All right, welcome back to The Wire. It is time. I know Sahi's been waiting the whole show, the whole week, ever since Sunday, to talk about the Super Bowl. As everyone should know by now, and it's Wednesday, so we are spoiling. 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers put the whooping up on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to just start the whole conversation with that. This was a stomping. Kansas City had none of the weapons that they've had all season uh, in effect. I didn't. They didn't score one touchdown. Uh, in my opinion, they got whooped. You can't call it anything else. They got outplayed. They got outlasted. <laughs> it wasn't surviving either. It was just another day in the park for no one can argue. Can't say arguably. Just the goat, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I feel like I want to throw it to Richie first just because I see the smoke coming out of Sahi's ears. But Sahi, <laughs> come on, man. Tell us about tell us about the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it, it was exactly what I expected. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go out there and completely dominate the Chiefs because the Chiefs are weak. They ain't got nothing on Brady and the Buccaneers. We've seen that. We seen that last night. I mean, we got to talk about it too much because, I mean, why talk about it? Because we could play, we're going to line it up again. We're going to beat them again. We the champs, baby. Come and see us. That's uh, all I got to uh, say. That's it. All right. Hey, we, we and we know, we know you're a fan. We know you were down there in the stadium for a whole week <laughs> waiting for the game to start. But you said, some, you said something that I know you don't believe, and I know that I don't believe it. And I, I'm hoping, Richie, that you're you're not as naive to believe that you expected the game to go the way that it went. Did you did you expect the Kansas City Chiefs to not show up in the Super Bowl against the Tampa? Not score a touchdown. Not score one touchdown with Patrick Mahomes, with with Tyreek Hill, with Travis Kelsey. You didn't expect one touchdown. I mean, there's multiple outcomes that could have happened. You know what I'm saying? But. <laughs> When, when I predicted the MVP last week, uh, JPP or whatever, of the Super Bowl, that was in mind that, you know what I'm saying, they don't have a, they don't have an offensive line to be able to keep up. And, off, and, and that football is played and won in the trenches. And if you ain't there right in the trenches, I don't care who you got on the outside. I don't care who you got at quarterback. I think the net gen stat was Patrick Mahomes ran for 500 yards before he threw the ball, scrambling. He was running for dear life out there. He didn't even had an offensive line help. And with our, our defensive line the way it is, I mean, yeah, I really did see that outcome. Like they could, our offense, their def- the Chiefs defense isn't really that good at all. Um, let's 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 just be real. Um, they gave up thirty something points to the Panthers early in the season. Come on, the Panthers is trash. So I wasn't scared of their defense. Um, our offense has all the weapons, of course. Um, so the, we were going to put up points, but it was all a matter of if their uh, offensive line was going to do anything and obviously they couldn't protect Mahomes and we were just rushing four. And when you could just rush four and have seven guys in coverage, that's going to be a great day for you, especially if that defensive line is winning, which happened all night last night from the start of the game to the end of the game. And you're not going, you're not going to be able to do anything alone. I don't care. They could have had um, Dan Marino, they could have had Jerry Rice on the outside. 
and uh, they could have had uh, Emmett Smith at running back. But with that offensive line they had out there last night, they, was, they had no chance. I'm sorry. R- Richie, two-parter. Two Did you see it coming? Did you see the game going this direction, or were you expecting the, the grand showdown? And uh, it's been mentioned now on the wire in, in several different sports casts. Did Pat Mahomes need to win this game to ever be able to be called the GOAT? Did he need to beat Tom Brady this Sunday? Uh, let's go with the first one. The first one, I would say, did I see this coming? No. But can I believe it happened? Absolutely. Um, first point, I really expected, because to Sahi's point, one of the things going into the week was I was shocked. Everyone, just Kansas City's offense and the juggernauts and Kelsey. And it's like people forget the Buccaneers offense too. So I was really like, because that's what I was expecting is a more higher scoring game. Because as Sahi pointed out, Kansas City's defense is trash. And it's not that Tampa Bay's defense is bad. It's not. And, it, it, and why I was saying, yeah, I could see that it did happen in that sense is because look what happened with Green Bay. Another team who same issues, right? Green Bay did incredible interior blocking and they're able to hold Aaron Donald, who's injured, uh, and the Rams, the number one defense, and they they slaughtered them. But what happened when they played Tampa is that the out of Paul and uh, Shaq Barrett, they just made Aaron Rodgers look silly. And I mean, we don't need to talk about what they did to Patrick Mahomes to Sahi's point. So did I expect the offensive line to play that? Sorry, no. Did I expect, you know, them to not score a touchdown? Absolutely not. But did I expect Tom Brady to win? Yeah, I wasn't here last week, but I was absolutely expecting Tampa Bay to win. You just don't, if it's not Eli Manning lining up against Tom Brady, Tom Brady's winning. I mean, it's just, it's reality. Tom Brady's going to win if it's not Eli Manning. And guess what? That boy retired like four years ago. So Tom Brady, TV 12, the coast is clear. He could go for, you know, a back-to-back. It could happen. Um, but two, the point about Patrick Mahomes being the GOAT or possibly being the GOAT, will him not beating Tom Brady impact his legacy? This is a, a hard question to answer because I'll say this. He's so young that, you know, there's so like, look at Tom Brady. He's playing until he's 43. So from this perspective, it's really early to have these conversations of, you know, it's kind of like I would like to compare Patrick Mahomes more closely to Aaron Rodgers for now, right? Because when you talk about Tom Brady, you don't necessarily talk about him being the most cerebral arm. And, you know, like what he is, is he's the best leader and he's the most clutch. But, you know, when I, when I think of what Patrick Mahomes is capable of, it's more along Aaron Rodgers. And the narrative now is, is he like Aaron Rodgers in that he's going to win one and then he can't win anymore? We don't know. But if he ends up winning, say, four or five Super Bowls, right, let's give him the benefit of doubt because that's not – you know, something that happens unless you're Tom Brady. But say he wins five Super Bowls and his legacy's over and he's at like five. Yeah, people are going to judge him because Tom Brady was 43 years old when he played him, right? And he got outplayed by Tom Brady at 43. And he's 25. He's, you know, the reign, uh, previously the reigning league MVP. You know, everyone vaunting him as the best quarterback of the league. And only this year, Aaron Rodgers kind of slightly outplayed him. But, you know, for year, you know, the last couple of years, Patrick Holmes, you know, my homeboy, he's the best, he's the best, he's the best. Well, he's in his prime, so to speak. And he lost to Tom Brady at 43. So it would take a lot at this point for Patrick Mahomes to have a chance of being called the GOAT 
just from this perspective specifically. But we're a long ways from having that discussion on how good he ultimately is. He's 25. He's got a long career. He's got many opportunities potentially with this team. But GOAT, I wouldn't even have that discussion yet. Well, you know, probably, arguably, you could say one of the best throwing, you know, quarterbacks already. Sure. But GOAT? You don't you don't think that his mobility is going to limit his uh, career's longevity? I mean, look at other successful mobile quarterbacks like Mike Vick, who had to dial that back as they aged in the game just because of the additional tax that it has on the body. I mean, you're not as protected when you're able to do what it now granted that's what makes patrick mahomes so dangerous is because if he can't make it happen downfield with those awesome throws he can make it happen for himself and we actually saw some of that at the beginning of the super bowl where he was able to make a first down happen because it had to that's that's what he's great at that's not you don't think that's gonna limit how long he has to prove himself as the goat um i don't think it'll limit it because Yes, he is kind of mobile. I'm not saying he's not. And to your point, he had, you know, he's very underrated in terms of his mobility. But I mean, he's more akin to what I just referred to earlier, Aaron Rodgers, and that he's smooth and he can get outside the pocket and move and do what he needs to do to make the pass. But I would not call him a, a running, you know, a, a running gun. Cook. Like Ben Roethlisberger was closer to that, in my opinion, than even Patrick Mahomes, quite frankly. Uh, ben, ben would do, you know, kind of buy so much time to get a pass off. You know, and Pat, don't get me wrong, Patrick Patrick was running for his life, let's be honest, in the Super Bowl. But yes, he's absolutely able to make the, the moves to, to get Kelsey, you know, opportunity to make make a, you know, make a play. But, you know, I don't think so. Uh, personally, I just think he, he's kind of mobile, uh, but I don't think he relies on his mobility. And I, I do believe he's, you know, kind of like the Steph Curry we talked about. He's just a transcendent, skill, skillful player that as long as he can under get better pocket awareness, like Tom Brady makes slides and just kind of slide in and out and stop having to move so much. Yeah, I mean, this dude could play, you know, 40 years too, but I wouldn't call him mobile. I don't think it's necessarily going to end, you know, limit his, his career because uh, he's not taking beatings like Ben. He's not taking beatings like Michael Vick. He's not taking beatings like Lamar Jackson. He's getting the ball off or he's, you know, he's moving to get a pass off. He's not getting hit when he's getting moved. Unless it was the Super Bowl. Then he would get hit. That's a whole different story. <laughs> so, different story, different story. But no, I don't think so. I don't think he'll be limited. Uh, he has a long career, you know, injury withstanding. Let's hope that never happens to any of the players, quite frankly. Absolutely. So the MVP of the Super Bowl Tom Brady, uh, everybody has called him the GOAT. Everybody, I mean, I've, I've got people on Facebook that I was able to end the argument just by saying, I don't like him either, but he's the greatest of all time when it comes to what he's doing. He's, he's been in 10 championships and he's he's brought home seven. Now, that's that's impressive. That makes you the GOAT. Sahi, if the, if the MVP trophy doesn't go to Tom Brady, where does it belong? That's a tough question because everybody did their job, you know, uh, last night. It was out, that was like a complete team win. I wish I could just give it to the whole team, but somebody on that defense has to get it. Holding the, the Chiefs to no touchdowns and nobody on that defense is the MVP? Come on now. That defense is the MVP to me. For sure. Todd Bowles and the boys. 
gets the MVP for me. But of course, Tom Brady was going to get it. Either. Whenever they bring up the Buccaneers, that's all they talk about: Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Tom Brady. Which, in in a sense, is like I'm I'm grateful for Tom Brady. You know, he helped take a talented group, a group that I've seen the whole like for for a minute now. I, I always said we were right there, we were ready. I've been saying it, and he just kind of took us over the hump. But man. That defense needs some credit. You know what I'm saying? It's not all Tom Brady. Come on now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. No, no reason to be sorry, man. Uh, Richie. Being, being, a, being a fan here. Being a fan. <laughs> You're being a true fan. fan. You're allowed to be. Fan. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we're the champs. Richie, same question. If if Tom Brady doesn't get the MVP trophy, where, where do you place it? And you can place it on the bench. You can place it in the coaching staff. You can place it anywhere you want. I mean, well, Sahi already... If you're going to talk about it, Sahi made his point. Um, I'm not going to go there because to me, it should be Tom Brady, period. I'm sorry. Like, let me explain why. It can't be anyone else for this reason. To Sahi's point, this is a good football team, period. Right? Well, Jameis Winston, that's the only reason they weren't getting anywhere. But you throw in a, a solid quarterback, maybe it's not Tom Brady and they have a chance. But the bottom line is... You got to understand what Tom Brady did. It's not just that he's 43 years old. It's not just that he had to learn a new system during the year and had to play a completely different style than he's ever played in his entire career. Completely. He had to do it during COVID where he didn't get to practice and he didn't get any warm up with his team. That is absolutely phenomenal. This is the first time in his career he scored a touchdown in the first quarter in the Super Bowl. In 10 Super Bowls, he nails it on the first go. So if we're not going to give it to Tom Brady, I'm going to give it to the corpse of Rob Gronkowski. That's what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? He got he got hooked up for two touchdowns. He did nothing that game, but you know what? He he vulture hawked those touchdowns. So we're not going to give it to Tom. Sahi's giving it to the defense. I'll just give it to Gronkowski just for the fact that, you know what? He didn't really... Gronk didn't do much the season realistically when you really look at what the team, you know, the team. And honestly, Gronk wasn't even getting that many opportunities. But during the Super Bowl, you know what? He made it count. And, you know, they showed that, he, you know, I'll kind of questioning Gronk. It's like, okay, they're hardly using him for the right those That's not he knows the team a lot better. But I didn't feel like they're using Gronk much. Not that they needed to, because, again, he's a corpse. He's not the same type of player. But, uh, he, you know, he made the catches that he needed to make. And, uh, you know, if you're not going to give it to the defense and you're not going to give it to Tom Brady, which it needs to be Tom Brady, then it should just be just Gronkowski. Who cares? It doesn't matter. The whole team did phenomenal. I loved watching that game. But this, to me, is why Tom Brady's a GOAT. This is why he should be this damn Super Bowl MVP because he took a team that was so close. They just needed a leader. They needed somebody who wasn't going to throw 30 interceptions and 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. They needed a guy, a veteran, who could get the job done. And I don't feel personally there was any other option for them. They would not have been, if it wasn't Tom Brady, there was not another guy who could have just came, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes kind of stuff. But there's not, there was not an available quarterback other than Tom Brady. And I'll tell you what, the Suckineers, one, they're truly the Buccaneers. They have Tom Brady for at least two more years. He wants to play to 45. And I'm looking forward to see this team. Because to Sahi's point, outside of the Rams, who's who's the better defense than the Buccaneers outside of the Rams? It's hard to make a case. They, they're incredible. They're an outside rushing team instead of an inside rushing team. They have all the talent in the secondary. And you got Tom Brady and you got two stud wide receivers. I mean, and Fournette showed up huge that game, quite frankly. So... 
I loved it. It was great to see. Uh, one last bit that I have for this game, and then we'll just open up for anything else you want to say about it. Brady and Gronk, you mentioned Gronk. They did set a NFL record. They now have the most uh, postseason touchdown passes, pass connections uh, in NFL history with 14. History. Yep. 14. That, that passes so many uh, connections. Does anybody have um, anything on that? <laughs> this just speaks for itself. I think it speaks for itself, but it's cool, like I was saying, that they got to do it in Tampa Bay together. It just shows how much, you know, the connection and the relationship they have. And that Gronk even said it before the Super Bowl. I want to keep playing. Tom wants to play. I'm going to keep playing. You know, when they yep. traded, they tried to trade him to Detroit, he chose to retire because he didn't want to go to Detroit. And then he saw Tom, went to Tampa. He got out of retirement and said, I'm going to Tampa Bay. And, you know, that's kind of my point. I love not how galvanizing, but just how electric Tom is really making. Tom, you know, Tampa's a great team, period, period. I think it's that, that narrative needs to be set. They're a great team with or without Tom Brady. But having Tom Brady, you might get these veterans who are going to want another an opportunity at Super Bowl and take a pay cut. Richard Sherman wants to play two more years, and then he's going to retire. You never know. There's these opportunities that Tom Brady's going to bring them. And like Gronkowski and that little connection is kind of my point. What's cooler than seeing two guys that just have such a connection? The only other connection I felt he had that was similar was with Wes Welker, right? But, you know, it's just cool to see Gronkowski on the team. It's cool to see them, you know, outside New England having fun. They're, you know, they look like they're having fun. When they're in New England, Gronk looked like he was having fun. But Tom Brady certainly didn't look like he was having fun. So I, I thought it was awesome seeing him get two touchdowns, you know, at the age of like 38 and 70. It, it was crazy, crazy. Absolutely. So we're going to move on. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything that they want to say about <clears throat> the Super Bowl? Maybe uh, talk about the, the return of the peace sign. Any, anybody got anything? <laughs> I mean, that was, that was well deserved. He deserved it. Yeah. He's he's so cocky, and you know he did that to him, and then that started it. He put it on the gloves because he was getting penalties. You know what, Tyreek? You know you got to grow up. And quite frankly, I haven't been saying this on the podcast at all. But considering he's an alleged uh, woman abuser, I, I could care less about that guy. He's a piece of trash. So he deserves it. I could care less about Tyreek Hill. <laughs> from the wire okay uh i've got i'm gonna do something we haven't done since 2011 fellas and then we can talk we can just talk about the future of the nfl but i've got a a list of headlines pulled up and we're just going to talk about them uh and and see if we can or or pass them qb josh rosen signs a one-year deal with the 49ers anybody want that i mean i'll take it just for the fact that who cares he was on our practice squad uh, honestly, like I'm not trying to shit on Rosen, but I'm also I'm going to shit on Jimmy Garoppolo. They're still trying to make plays to get somebody outside of Garoppolo. Now, allegedly, people are trying to say Deshaun Watson. That's not going to be the case. But they're not sold on Garoppolo. He's always injured. They did try to go for Matt Stafford. They did try to go for him. They didn't get him. So, do they, they pick up Rosen? Sure. That just shows you how much they don't trust that Jimmy Garoppolo will be healthy. Sahi, anything on that one? Nope. Josh Rosen was on our practice squad most of the season, so 
He can't. He can't <laughs> be. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He can't bring that much hype. Even yeah, being a number yeah. one first round pick, you know, whatever. All right. Yeah. Glad he's staying in the league. He's probably he'll probably be in a special teams coordinator here soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The Vikings are to promote QB coach Clint Kublack to the offensive coordinator role. Anybody want that one? Pass on that one. Pass on that one. Giants are hiring Rob Sale as their new offensive line coach. Pass. Yeah, I don't care about offensive line. Unless <laughs> unless you can't city, they should be caring. Uh, I mean, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he, uh, he he can teach him how to block for Saquon because he's going to need it. He's going to need it. I agree. Bruce Arians is uh, very confident that the Bucks can bring back most of the title team uh, in, in 2021. You guys think that that's fact or fiction? Fact. Uh, I believe it's fact. They've a lot even of guys are going to yeah. yeah, restructure con- contracts. They're going to make it work, bring it back for another year. We ain't going to be able to keep everybody, but most of us going to stay intact. Like, maybe Godwin goes. Maybe Shaq Barrett doesn't come back. One of those two are going to leave. I think uh, Leonard Fournette's going to get his big payday somewhere else. Um, but other than that, we should be able to get everybody back. Or O.J. Howard might be a name that doesn't come back. O.J. Howard or Cameron Bray. Um, I'll look for one of those two names to go. Um, but other than that, I, th- I think we're going to be good. They're going to they're going to give uh, Levante David all the money he wants. But every- yep. we're a young team. We're a young yep. team. So um, besides uh, a couple spots, we'll be good. We'll be ready to go. We draft well. Yeah, I think Andamakan Sue's a uh, free agent, and, then, and he's 34, so I could yeah. easily see them moving on. But, like, realistically, like, so he's, I, I expect, like, 85% of the roster. I don't see yeah. much of it leaving, honestly. Well, yeah, why why, uh, why leave now? Um, all right. <laughs> we got a couple more here. Uh, <clears throat> Texans are standing firm on Deshaun Watson. Oh, God. Uh, the goal is to get him back. Period. What do you guys? What do you guys think? They lost him over and over and over. They fired the equipment manager, who was one of his closest friends. And people don't realize this, but the equipment manager is important because they understand what the players. You know, they each have their own little intricacies of their helmets and the, the pads and things like that. So all I know is Deshaun Watson is fuming about that too. Deshaun Watson clearly wants a trade. They can, it's like, it's, it's bizarre world because they keep saying they want him there and then they keep doing every single move he doesn't want to happen. It's like they're doing opposites and they're expecting him to be like, yeah, I'm going to buy in into this culture. It's absurd. This is what happens when you have an evangelicist, like as your like head of operations, right? They, they fire their PR woman who is incredible and say, she's not part of the culture. They hire a coach. Nobody cares about Deshaun Watson doesn't want it. They wouldn't even give me a chance, which whatever, whether he gets it or not, is not the point. You're not, you have a honest to God MVP caliber talent. MVP. That guy was like top three in every statistical category quarterback, and he lost D-Hop. He lost one of the arguably the best or one of the best wide receivers in football. He had a whole bunch of scrubs, and he was still top three in every statistic on a, like a three and what, 13 team or four and 12. 
he is a legitimate superstar and you've pissed him off to the point he doesn't want to play for you. You can say whatever you want to say. That boy is going to leave. There's no, You might get him for three more years because of doing the, the franchise tag and his 25 through 25 contract, but he will not play for you other than just getting what he needs to do to leave, get his bag and move on with life. They're stupid. Yeah, the Texans are just becoming a joke. Like a year ago, maybe two years ago, they were one of those teams that were in the playoffs. I think Mahomes and Deshaun Watson went at it in the playoffs. And then after that, the owners and everything were like, you know what? We're so close to being on that cusp of being a Super Bowl team. How about we turn this team into a complete joke? (laughs) <laughs> and they were like, yeah, that's a great idea. And they've been successful at doing that. Because yep. the Texans are a joke and nobody is, everybody's caring less and less. And Deshaun Watson is seeing it and he's like, wait, I don't need to be here right now. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be a part of this joke of a franchise. And JJ, uh, what's his name? JJ Watt? He Watt, yeah. You know, they were the last year there were reports he wants of to go to players and yeah, players and coaches were fighting in practice and JJ Watt went up to the coach and was like asking the coach, like, what are you doing mid game? Like it's gonna be interesting to watch what the Texans become in the next couple of years. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Sahid made a good point. I mean, tr- truthfully, they remind me of what Tampa Bay was. And, and you yeah. know, is there like a real reverse on that cusp, but reverse? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay did everything right, and then yeah. Houston did everything wrong. Right? So. Yeah. And it seems like they did it purposely because it's, it like, like it's, it's not like uh, Hopkins had like a, a career ending injury or. He got he got in trouble and had to leave. They were just like, "Oh, we got a great receiver. Let's uh, trade him for a running back." Hey, he led hey. the league in receiving yards, <laughs> and then they traded yeah. him for a second round pick and a running back who was garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hurt all the time. It's it's crazy. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> all right, last couple of takes. Triggering here. me. Okay. Uh, uh, talking about jokes and 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 funny situations uh the cowboys will sign or tag Dak prescott um they have no medical concerns after his two ankle surgeries <laughs> um is this a mistake um i think Dak prescott should just move on because uh why stay there the zeke isn't anything i mean they got good receivers i mean but that's pretty much it. Their defense is horrible. Um, they've got a lot of work to do there. Um, I don't think Dak is going to get the money he really wants, or nor is he going to get the wins that he wants there. I mean, it could happen. I mean, I don't know. It's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. The Cowboys, they're, cause they, they're in a horrible division. You know what I'm saying? The Eagles don't know what they're doing with Carson Wentz. Maybe they just flip-flop quarterbacks, see how they like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, Cowboys, yeah, they they should re-sign Dak, but I'm not sure if Dak should want to go back with the Cowboys. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm Asahi, uh, but I'll say it this way. To answer the question, yeah, absolutely Dallas should because they don't have a better option. Andy Dalton, I'm a Bengals fan. He's fine, but that's the point. He's fine. You know, Dak Prescott is exceptional. He's at least, you know, you could at least argue as a top 10 quarterback, if not a top five. Now, before he got injured, every year he's dominating. Now, to Saeed's point, Ezekiel is a good, you know, a shell of himself. That You know, Cooper's good, the wide receiver, but they're a terrible team. You know, there's so many, like Indianapolis Colts, there's so many teams that need a quarterback. And we talked about this previously a couple weeks ago with the, with the whole Stafford situation. It's the same thing. There are a lot of teams that would be like, I would love to have Des Prescott, but Dallas is not dumb enough to just let him walk. Why would you let him walk, throw the tag on his butt, keep him a couple of years, and then look for your quarterback in the meantime? He's a fantastic, in my opinion, top five quarterback. Of course they want to keep him. Of course they should keep him because the alternative is, I mean, just losing even worse. And look what happened when they didn't have him. Not that he, they did great when they did have him, seven and nine, 10 and six, et cetera. But the point is, is he's a fantastic quarterback and he's not the reason they suck. So you got to keep him. All right, so for the for the end of this, I'm just going to go over some of the AP awards that came out, um, and yes. we'll just go back and forth, and you can tell me whether or not you think it's deserved. We got, first and foremost, Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson was named 2020 Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. Deserved, Richie? Deserved, no. This should have been Miles Garrett. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Just a joke for For Miles. the Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, no, no. Uh, deserve, yeah. Russell Wilson's an incredible person, very charitable. But, you know, these, these things are so arbitrary because, again, each team gets to have one man be you know, eligible and then they pick. And all these these men are great. They all donate to charities and spend a lot of time in the communities. But, you know, who, who are you going to argue with Russell Wilson? He's genuinely, you know, a great Christian guy, um, donates so much uh, food, that runs three charities. He's a great person. So, you know, man of the year, yeah. Why not? Great guy. Deserves it. Sahi, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers, named 2020 AP NFL Most Valuable Player. Deserves? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. 40 TDs and six interceptions. I guess so. He he (laughs) had the team to the number one, one seed, right? Yeah, in the NFC. And then he choked. Yeah, MVP. Yeah, he deserves it. Give Remember, it it's him. regular season, regular season. So yeah. All right, I'm, I'm I mean, interested to see where this goes. Not as good as being the champs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Richie, Washington quarterback Alex Smith earns the AP Comeback Player of the Year honors. I mean, absolutely. The guy almost died. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> He's able to play a couple games and actually play pretty well. I mean, comeback player of the year for sure. Who could you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't even know who could even, like, who else is in the conversation compared to Alex Smith? That's like not even fair. That'd be like if you and I had a talent show contest, you and me compete, and then like a handicapped person competes. The handicapped person gonna win. Everyone's gonna be like, you know, bravo for trying. Like, Alex Smith, you are the comeback. You almost died and you still came and played that year Alex Smith come back well deserved my friend (laughs) (laughs) All right, these are going to get quicker because we got a few to get through here before we we time out (laughs) Sahi I wish Marvin was here to give it to him but uh, Browns Kevin Stefanski wins AP coach of the year deserved 
Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. He had the boys playing. Yep. All right. Uh, Richie, Panthers quarterback Teddy Bridgewater wins the 2020 Art Rooney Sportsmanship Award. Uh, I don't know what that award is, but Teddy Bridgewater sucks. <laughs> Carolina actually did put... They have a decent roster, and he's the reason they suck. Three wide receivers get a thousand yards with Teddy Bridgewater, and McCaffrey was out. Just saying, Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know what that is. You don't deserve any awards. <laughs> All right, and the last two, and these these are big ones, and I'm glad it worked out like this. Sahi for the Offensive Player of the Year, Titans running back Derrick Henry deserved. Mm, Two thousand. Offensive player of the year. I'm trying to think, trying to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He deserved it. I mean, football's about running the ball. He's the best runner of the football. Give him the offensive player of the year. And uh, we had we mentioned the offensive player of the year, and I had to give this one to Richie. The yes. 2020 defensive player of the year for the third time. Who is Out it? Out of four years. Go ahead. Tell us who won. Aaron Donald, three out of four. He should have won last year, and he was fucking robbed. He should be four for four. He joins J.J. Watt and Lawrence Taylor as the only players to have three uh, defensive players of the year. Genuinely was voter fatigue last year. Now, I'll tell you what. I really, even though this the spotlight is on Aaron Donald, I really want to say that T.J. Watt had an incredible season, and I'm really looking forward to see that young man grow, too. And he has a future that he could be um, a defensive player of the year at some point. When I, I think when Aaron Donald gets a few years older. Uh, the only statistic I'm going to say is this. Aaron Donald was double teamed on 65% of all plays and snaps. And he beat the double teams 52% of the time. He beat the double teams 52% of the time. He had a 56% quarterback pressure percentage. The next highest person was at 31%. He almost doubled the pressure rating. So again, I love TJ and it's, it's hard to compare them. But when you look at, you know, he has all these stats because he's on the outside. This, this boy's playing nose tackle and he's just running through boys and he's fast, he's athletic, he's undersized. He's incredible. He's the best defensive player I've seen. I'm glad he won it, but if TJ would have won it, I would have been happy for the kid because he's young, he's super talented, and who knows, maybe in two, three years, and maybe when voter fatigue starts to set in, it might be next year. He might get it. But this year, Aaron Donald, three out of four, man. Oh, I was so bad. Well deserved for that, man. He deserved, man, he's so good. <laughs> maybe, who knows? Maybe we'll get to see TJ play with his brother. We'll talk about that later. Thank you, everybody, for checking out The Wire. We've got the H2G podcast on tomorrow night at 7 p.m., and we will be back next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You all have a great evening. You know, Justin Herbert got the offensive rookie, and uh, yeah. Chase Young, defensive rookie. Yeah, no, the, those, I mean, those weren't even close. You know, they're just so dominant, especially, like, uh, I would say Chase.